still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Bit of a joke now, 11 from 11, Tom, but we're still coming back. People keep asking me, when are you going to, would you, would you ever call it a day? How many defeats will it take for us never, for us not to get around these um, microphones to, to record this podcast? But, but we're back. How are you? Good, mate. Yeah, you were nearly doing a monologue there. As you, um, as you hit record there on the, the, the podcast, there was an option to continue or leave meeting. And I, um, I, I, nearly, hover, I nearly clicked the, the leave meeting button. So that would have been a, that would have been a monologue for you. And um, after your performance last week, probably some players would have been in for a, in, in for a proper, proper roasting. Um, but no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here as ever. Sometimes these are a bit tough to... To, to keep going and it, it feels at times like we say the same thing on 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 repeat but we will we will keep going through through thick and thin as we always do and it will it will it will get better it can't sink much lower <laughs> I don't know Lara Scheller coming to the wreck on on Saturday so um yeah it may it may have to get worse before it gets better Tom of course we're talking about the 45 to 20 defeat for Bath at the Aviva Stadium a half full Aviva Stadium which um, I thought it was very, very, very strange to see that for a, a Champions Cup game. Uh, you know, Bath slipping to their 11th defeat of the season, as I said. We're going to talk all about that uh, defeat, Tom. Also look ahead to the game that I, I, I alluded to there, the La Rochelle visit, um, the visit of La Rochelle to the wreck on Saturday, the first meeting between those two clubs in the history of the two clubs and also talk Tom a little bit about two new signings um, Andre Pollard changed clubs this week but he, <laughs> he went to Leicester as if to rub salt in the wound um, Bath did make two signings which we will talk about but before we do I will just implore you please to follow the podcast at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter please do subscribe and as I've been saying the last couple of mates if you're scrambling around for a Christmas present for your friend. Don't worry about trying to get some sort of deal. This is a free podcast that you can give them and it'll be the best Christmas present that you can possibly give them. Um, I'd, 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 would it? I mean, I'd, I'd be, <laughs> be, be up there with a pair of socks and your grandma, I think. Um, I'd, I'd be pr- pretty pissed off if I, if I opened that and it was a, it was, it was, it was free podcast listening to us ramble on every week, but um, yeah, no, I mean, t- <laughs> What I was going to say to kick us off, I mean, first of all, how good is it to have European rugby back? I, 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 I do, I do just love it. I mean, partic- yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, the game at, at Dublin at, at three fifteen on Saturday aside, but I mean, some of the games, you know, o- over the weekend were, were were brilliant. I mean, Friday night in particular was just a real treat to to end end, end the working end the working week. And I've always I've always loved French rugby. Um, but often the club and international sides leave you with a, a sort of empty feeling that's all too familiar to, to us and, and listeners of this podcast. But I mean, the way that the, the Racing took apart Northampton at, at, at the Gardens, the way that Finn Russell played and Curtly Beale played, those you know those good French lads uh, was 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 just was just a, a joy to watch. You know, I tweeted out it was a very very different side 
at the gardens on on Friday than than the Saturday before when 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 we we made the trip because yeah they they were just brilliant and you know the bath result aside it was just nice as 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 a neutral to enjoy some of the the quality of rugby that that we see from 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 some of these sides. Yeah, I mean that Racing ninety two side are oh, they're just so sexy to watch, aren't they? The kit, the players, the way they play. Um, they are an absolute treat for the eyes, as, as you say, Tom. Um, yeah, it was good to have um, European rugby back. And, and in a weekend of sport filled with drama, to be fair, it doesn't necessarily feel like the biggest story of the weekend. The Bath, who were a 31-point underdog, lost 45 points to 20. But of course, that was what we must focus on, Tom, for this podcast. Um, disappointed, I think, to to see us a not in the European kit, which which is pretty nice, uh, and b to see the Aviva Stadium not um, not filled. I don't know if that's a, a reflection of the the COVID concerns in 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 Ireland or whether it's just a reflection of the opposition, to be quite frank. But I am told that, that those who travelled over had a great trip. So, um, yeah, Tom, what did you make of the, the atmosphere and, and and the Aviva on the day? Yeah, it didn't feel quite like the, the kind of cauldron that it, that it normally is. I mean, just check the capacity there and it's a little under 52,000. So, you know, it's a it's a fairly big stadium, but for, for central Dublin, you'd, you'd expect it to be sold out. So, yeah, I mean, probably, as you say, a combination of um, of, of of COVID and 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 people um, people people not wanting to go for any particular reason or not being in in the city with it being relatively relatively close to Christmas and then also frankly the fact that you know it's 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 a bit of a walkover and there'll be bigger games for for Leinster to come in in in, in Europe so so I don't know and yeah on, on the kit point disappointing because we are only going to get four opportunities to to wear that kit and it is it is delightful as you say sort of the dark grey you know I mean I, it's hard to tell but I don't, I don't think it was similar enough to um, to you know to, to have to wear have to wear the white but um, but yeah dis, dis, disappointing on, on both fronts because I was definitely eyeing up that that, that grey Euro kit for, for, for myself but there are not going to be many outings for, for the actual players well, yeah, yeah, the grey Euro kit is nice. They just need to release a non-match fit, match fit one because I actually played rugby on Saturday, Tom. Mm. But I'm, I'm not really in a position at the moment to be walking around in a in a in a skin tight match fit jersey. <laughs> so I want the cotton one to to be released, and and then I'll certainly be be looking to get into the market for that. You want to try on the wing, didn't you? I think. Good try in the wing, mate. I did. Um, it was good to be back playing for for old Sulians in, in in a victory for for the lads. Uh, meant that I missed the 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 bath game as well. <laughs> um, obviously, have watched. How do you? How is it? You always describe um, the the Saints Wigan Aravello Piano Cruiser. So it was a <laughs> Piano Cruiser, a sort of Les, Leslie Vinacolo, uh, Namami Nadolo kind of cross on the on the wing. Um, without without the left boot, obviously uh, trudging trudging down the right wing, were you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not quite the height or pace of either of those guys either, but um, certainly some aspects similar. Tom Bath with twenty, uh, sorry, Leinster with two hundred to one on to to win this game. I think that just shows the um, just how far Bath have, have have slipped. That that is just quite ridiculous odds. Um, and as I say, a 31-point underdog. So with that in mind, did we do well to keep it 
just 25 points, do you think? Well, I think so. I mean, you know, we should probably mention before we get into the game that at one point it looked like Bath were going to be handed their first win of the season when a kind of you know news broke that that Leinster had, had a few a few positive tests. I mean, I think when that when that news came out, I was thinking, you know, this this could have to have to be a real second string side that Leinster have to put out. As it was, it was only three uh, three members of the squad I think that tested positive, so they 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 still put out. Uh, a team absolutely stacked with internationals. You know some of the some of the names that uh, I mentioned last week, and, and to be honest, are like the very very spine of the the Ireland team that that played so well in, in the autumn and beat beat um, and, and beat New Zealand. So you know, I I think we in the end we did well to to keep it to, to, to twenty five points. I think to be honest, there was a a degree of. Leinster taking their foot off the gas. You know, when they were 31 points to three or whatever it was up after, I think, 28 minutes, mm. as teams often do when they're that far ahead, it's hard to keep kind of the same sort of intensity that they, they had at the, 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 the start of the game. And I, I, I think, you know, I, I think, I think that, that was part of it. But I also think in the second half, you know, the, some of the guys off the bench, so Ewan Richards in particular, I thought, in, in, in defence had a good game even Will Spencer started to to carry you know and, 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 and make some hard yards that we just we just weren't doing so I think there was some energy added from the bench a little bit coupled with Leinster being off the boil a little bit and I think if you think about little victories you know the, the previous records talking about breaking records a lot on this podcast but the previous record for the biggest European defeat for Bath was 27 points against, against Glasgow Warriors in in 2009 and I think a victory really in this is that that record wasn't broken <laughs> with, 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 with the Gabe Hammer web try at, at, at the end of the game um, I think that record is coming but I think we can we can take quite a lot from the fact that, 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 that it wasn't broken on Saturday I think we're going to see that record when we head down yeah. to oh, I, 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 think, I think it's coming yeah <laughs> Jeez, Tom, that is that is the the smallest of of small victories for um, for for sure. You know, Bath's Bath's defence to me just looked as it has all season, just exceptionally disorganised. I think for the first Jameson Gibson Park try, Leinster had gone through about three phases all game, and Gibson Park scoring in the corner. I think Rocket Aguna was the only defender in the, the outside 15-metre channel. And Leinster had about three or four blokes out there. And, and, and obviously, they're going to score. Any team in the world would score that. And it just continues the theme of, of disorganisation and, and poorly coached-looking defence, or just not coached-looking defence, which, which is ultimately what, what these guys are. And, and, and that was a theme, really, for, 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 the, for, the, for the whole of the first half and into the second half. You know, 45 points that Leinster ended on was the points total that they had on 58 minutes. And you're absolutely right. They, they massively took the foot off the gas when, when, when the game was won. And, you know, I think it was in danger of, of um, getting out of hand. Um, and I actually think the the 25 point margin probably flattered us on, on the day. You know, I think you're right. The, the set piece in particular, I think started to improve in, in the second half aided by the fact that, that Leinster took off, that the, the front row, which had which had caused so much havoc in 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 the first half, Tom, you must have enjoyed in some way watching those props and and Kelleher, the hooker play play so well on Saturday for Leinster. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're brutal. They're, they're, they're brilliant front row. I mean, Andrew Porter is a guy that I've, I've as you know, G, I've been a, a big advocate for for the last, the last few seasons. He's always, he was a tired prop until this season. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's been behind Tad Furlong, who you, most people would probably say is the best tight head in the world. He's been behind Tad Furlong and, and therefore kind of unable to really make make his break. So he's just, you know, switched over to the the loose head side, which might might sound easy to some listeners, but it's a completely different technique and and not many props can do that in, in the modern game. So the fact that he's done that means that both of those guys are are, are in are in the front line, front row. And Ronan Kelleher, he, another guy who's very, very impressive. I mean, it looked like we didn't want to tackle Ronan Kelleher. I think two or three guys missed him in the from from a scrappy ball off the line out from him 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 starting from a standstill for the the Jameson Gibson Park try and then his own try Leinster's sixth try again just sort of slipped off tackles he wasn't held and he got back up and went again and 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 carried over so you know these guys are powerful carriers and and they're they're some of the top players and some of the informed players in in Europe at the moment but as you say G it it, it just wasn't good enough and I thought I thought it was interesting I mean the, the the commentators for the game on BT Sport, and you know I'm, I'm not going to have a rant about this, but it it was Lawrence Delalio, who's anti Bath as we know, and and two Irish guys, one Leinster guy and Brian O'Driscoll, which was pretty pretty poor from from BT Sport. But anyway, I'm not not going to go into that. But the the two Irish guys on 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 com, so O'Driscoll and whoever the main the main lead was, they'd obviously not watched much Bath at all, and as the tries reined in in the early part of that first half, you could tell that they were kind of so surprised and almost, um, you know, bereft of what, they didn't know what to say because we just didn't have any kind of defensive structure in place. And I think O'Driscoll in particular was just like, why are they not marking up on this overlap? Why are they not defending in some kind of structure? And it's like, yes, that's, this is what we've been, we've been, we've been seeing all, all year. So yeah, I think it was interesting to see that kind of new perspective on things and, uh, was it, it was dire, and I think at one point uh, one, one of the commentators said Bath putting up absolutely zero resistance here, and that's what it felt. Another another captain's run at times, and um, more 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 of the same. To be honest, yeah, yeah, you know when your captain misses four tackles on, on the day, and he's meant to be one of the, the experienced leaders in that pack. I think that was um, kind of. You know, summed up the the whole defensive performance, which was well below par. I think, in particular, from 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 that forward pack, which was bullied again and and looked to me looked unfit and unable to get around the park against a, a, a Leinster team whose speed of ball at the breakdown was just both unable to slow it down, and 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 Leinster were just so much yeah. fitter and so much quicker in everything they did to, to Bath and, and and credit to them that they'll be one of the sides fighting for for, for the um, the trophy come the end of the season and Bath you know are nowhere near that that level and and, and it, it was just yeah unsurprising but disappointing still at, at the same time they're, 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 they're a serious force though you know I think they are they are I think kind of the mould of what a club kind of can be when it's built from the ground up measures are put in place to re- retain players obviously through contracting with the the, the, the Irish rugby union it's a 90% homegrown squads they're so well coached as you say Stuart Lancaster at the helm they're cohesive they're professional they're very fit and and um and, and they all of all all 15 of them get around the park so well and against a, t- a team of Bath players who we know aren't lacking talent 
and I, I, I don't think the effort is lacking for, for, for the most part, but there's, they're acting as lone wolves, they're acting as individuals, they're, there's, no, there's no coaching. And I kind of went into the game thinking, oh, there's, there's nothing to lose because we, you know, we, don't, um, we, we know that we're not going to win this game and we know that nothing's going to come with this competition. But I was left thinking it was such a kind of expose of how poor Bath are in every way and the gulf in class between a top side like Leinster and us. And it kind of highlighted the flagrant lack of coaching that we have and just the complete lack of any cohesion in, in, in the team. So I think it actually probably did more harm to Stuart Hooper and Et al's case, to be honest. Mm. The play, yeah, the players just are just so lacking in belief in what they're they're trying to do, and and look like they they kind of have absolutely no idea what to do, and and the body language um, from Charlie Yules and Stuart Hooper in the post match press mm. was, was remarkable. Just two guys that that are, are you know are seeing kind of what they've tried to build over a few years now just spiral out of control, and and I think a change, Tom is imminent and, and needs to be imminent. There, there needs to be additions to, to this, additions or replacements, probably both to, to this coaching staff. And, and, and I think they, they must come soon. What's it been two weeks now since the, the publishing of Ed Griffith's review, they must be, be, you know, they must be searching for, for this defense coach. And interestingly, the supporters evening that was planned mm-hmm. for Tuesday nights this week, obviously as we record Monday night, has now been moved to the Wednesday night, which suggests to me perhaps that something may be announced either on Tuesday or, or perhaps on Wednesday um, with, with with obviously the questions that will come in mind from, from a Bath point of view. Tom, were there any positives to, to take from Saturday? I know you mentioned you and Richards, someone who yeah. from the bench. Anything else that you noticed? Yeah, a couple, couple of bits. So yeah, I think you and Richards is, you know, and we should, we should, you know, say that he's only 19 years old, which is which is amazing. Another senior academy guy leading leading from the front in in, in many ways. Yeah, I thought he he, he looked good when he came on. Um, you you might not like this, G, but I thought I thought Joe Simpson added a bit of fizz and pace when when he came on. I thought he he again kind of epitomised the bit more energy that was there, and perhaps Ben Spencer who. I think was uncharacteristically a little bit anonymous. Usually in those situations, he steps up and is, is counted and leads from the front. Maybe he still wasn't 100% fit having, having picked up the knock at, at the gardens. And then Orlando Bailey, I thought, had another, had another good game. Is looking very assured from, from the tee. I mean, why they were, they were kicking from the tee early on, uh, I don't really understand because it, was, it almost felt like they just didn't want to be nilled. Um, and, 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 and that could have been it just make it respectable aim for that 27 points or, or less um, but he, he had another good game from the tee as I say and a couple of lovely chips through into the backfield which Max Jomo latched onto and then ultimately put through a Gabe Hamill-Webb to score, to score that try later on so I thought he had another assured game from, from, from fly half other than that I think it's, it's, it's slim pickings I think losing Sam Underhill, um, him not playing in, in 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 the back row, was was bad. I mean, I said after the Gardens that he a couple of his turnovers felt like get out of jail free cards, and I think we would have conceded tries otherwise. So maybe he would have he would have reeled in the margin a little bit further with a couple of large last ditch tackles or or turnovers. But yeah, clutching clutching at straws really there. Yeah, that Bailey kick just before half time. 
I mean, bat yourself, fair play, but that was so high risk on his own line. And yeah, Joma latched onto it. But yeah, those those guys just you can clearly see that they are they understand the situation they're the situation they're in, which is this is not their job. That these are not the guys that should be bailing out the the experienced guys. And yet that is what they're doing. Um, these are guys who who probably thought that they would feature a little bit this season and were probably mm-hmm. expected by by everyone to only feature a little bit, but but are featuring so prominently and 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 are carrying some 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 other, you know, dire, frankly, performances from from some of the other guys who 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 should be expecting to to carry um the, the younger guys. So no, no. Oh, one, one, one last thing from me, Jim, maybe before we move on. One huge positive to take, first time in the season, um, that we are not sitting right at the bottom of the table. Yeah. We're in 11th, 11th position with Northampton uh, at, at the bottom of our pool in Europe. So we're off, we're off the bottom. And um, if enjoy, you know, judging by that trajectory, we're, we're moving one up. Enjoy that while it lasts. Four days, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, four days Tom until we face La Rochelle at home Let, let's move on to talk a little bit about that game um, Bath 14 points underdogs at home um, La Rochelle didn't crush Glasgow 20 points to 13 win on Sunday in what looked like a fantastic atmosphere uh, in the ground that we will be visiting Tom of course in January hopefully hopefully yeah of course hopefully um, the first ever meeting of the clubs, as I mentioned, do you give us any chance of, of getting an unlikely first win of the season? Uh, I mean, I think it's a, it's a better chance than, than Leinster. I mean, you you watched the game against uh, you, you watched the game on Sunday. What was what was your assessment of of the, of the La Rochelle performance? Yeah, I, I would say they were a bit. Um, they weren't really at their fluid best. You know, there was there was moments where 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 you could see it was starting to come together and and then errors in in their game i think perhaps uncharacteristic errors in their game you know you you, you can see that that there's some seriously exciting players there that that if it gels it, it could really really be be something to you know they could be one of the best sides in the competition you look at guys like Greg Aldreet Will Skelton Victor Vito Bottia um Doolan as well at fullback. These guys are some of the most exciting players in in world rugby, and you didn't really see that on on Sunday. But they got the job done against an okay Glasgow side, and I think they'll obviously fancy their chances massively against Bath. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched some some of the highlights, and it, it looked like, as you say, they, they they started to find their feet, and they 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 were actually trailing, weren't they, until the turn of the hour when they scored that decisive try down, down the right wing. But it seemed like they, they were able to kind of find a way. And I think the, the, that, that pack is very powerful. And, and when you know, the likes of Dulan, Bottia, et cetera, aren't firing, they just kind of turn to the, the kind of alternative of the, you know, the, the arm wrestle. And they, they powered over with, with the driving more. The scrum, I think, was, was quite dominant as well against, against Glasgow. And you know, there's there's some very big boys in that pack. Your boy. If you look at the, if you look at the top, well, well, he's Danny Preso's on the bench. So I mean, if we're going to win, we need we need him to drop out of the, the 23. Is is a hell of a talent. Um, but yeah, the the the, the tight head sides, um, Uni Antonio and Will Skelton at, at number three and number five respectively, 
Do you want to do you want to take a guess at their their combined weight? The two the two men. Well, they're probably about 130 kegs each. So I I put it about 260 kilograms. 270 kilograms. <laughs> there are, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of French Australian beef coming through, and I think yeah, I mean, I quickly compare that to um, to Lewis Boyce and oh, Lewis Boyce is a big boy. Oh yeah, we're not we're not we're not too far off. So 300, uh, 200, 232 or something, two hundred forty two for the combination of Boyce and McNally. So a, a little way off, but yeah, some some serious some serious beef. Coming, coming through there. But as you say, they, they they did struggle. They were behind until sixty minute mark against Glasgow. Um, it's at home. It's it's at the wreck. So they're going to have to they're going to have to travel. So we just got to hope that they oh, you know they don't yeah. travel particularly well. They, they you know they, they don't fancy it, and we 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 turn up and kind of catch them catch them cold a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't give us give us give us too much of a chance. But um, you know, as, as kind of the old cliche goes, you never know with with French sides and I think we've, we've just got to hope that kind of the luck turns a little bit in our direction and we you know we, we, we find a way for a few things to go our way and and um, and, and turn them over but I, I yeah I, I don't think it's I don't think it's very likely at all we, we just need a, a good old fashioned French shocker on the road don't we that, yeah that's what we need and the French sides are getting much much more consistent and much less likely to throw in one of those shockers or or something like like a red card um you know they obviously had that red card in the in the champions cup final which they were in last season so something like that which to go our way massively and um that i guess that's the only way of of seeing us get get our first get our first victory of the season tom um so yeah not 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 hugely optimistic on that one obviously if you are going to the wreck have a have a fantastic day um, and, and we'll be back there, Tom, on, on Boxing Day, which I'm very much looking forward to. You know that that looks to be a, you know our best chance of, of getting a win in, in the in the next few fixtures. So, yeah, La Rochelle at home on Saturday, one o'clock kickoff, I think it is. Um, so mark your cards mm-hmm. with that one. Finally, Tom, let's just quickly touch on a couple of incomings at Farley House. Andre Pollard, it is not. It is Tom Priddy. And Joran Venter, um, pretty a Welshman who's come in uh, as injury cover back three has actually represented Wales at international level. Um, and Jordan Venter, who's come on until the end of next season, coming with, with quite a big reputation and, and quite a big build for a 19-year-old. Yeah, he, he certainly does, and um, he's he's quite a specimen, Jordan Venter. Mm-hmm. At nineteen, yes, I'm over six foot and, and fifteen stone. Why don't you just t- t- tell me, tell the listeners what you were telling me, Tom, before before the podcast? Before I was able I think to if, if, just just pop on his Instagram, and I think you'll you'll you'll, you'll see what I mean. He's um, yeah, he's, he's he's quite a specimen, and he's and he's not he's not he's not afraid of um of uh, of whipping the t-shirt off, shall, shall we say? Um, but he, yeah, I mean, he looks he looks you know as I say like a um. Physically, a bit of a bit of a monster. Um, I, I, I haven't seen him play really. I've seen I've seen a few highlights, and he looks like a powerful runner, distributor as well. Um, looks like he can kick a bit as well. So he does it like an all kind of a, a fairly well-rounded player. I mean, the only thing I would say is like 
centre as a position seems like we're you know we're, we're relatively strong. I mean, if I look at if I look at the the squad list, we've got Will Butts, who's obviously making his way into the into into, into the first fifteen over the last few weeks. Max Clark, Jonathan Joseph, Cameron Redpath, Max Ajoma, and then Max Wright, who is still on the books but is away on loan for to, to uh, Newcastle. So you know. If, if, if I look across the board, it seems like centre and, and the back three, those are positions where we're fairly kind of well covered. If you compare that to obviously fly half, as we know, or second row, that suddenly seems like a position or hooker. That's, you know, those seems like positions where we're, we're much thinner on the ground. So it does seem a little bit strange that we're adding in, in that department, whether, you know, there is, there's someone that is, is going to be departing. You mentioned Cameron Redpath when we were chatting before the podcast that would obviously be a bit of a disaster, but you know, playing for Bath won't stop him with his his Scotland ambitions. Or more likely, I would say Max Wright, who whether he signs full time for Newcastle, which again I think would would be a shame, or Jonathan Joseph, whose I think time is up at the end of this this season, his contract's up. Whether he um, you know moves abroad or whatever, um, with with his England aspirations looking looking looking, you know potentially behind him I, I don't know so to me it feels like it's a replacement for one of the existing guys that that we, we, we might see leave at the end of the season yeah I guess that was my first worry when I saw him sign from Edinburgh I thought mm. oh, is, is Cameron going to be going the other way maybe at the well, end you thought we'd do another another swap because well, yeah. those, those 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 swaps have worked so well for us yeah. in, in the past haven't they yeah, not good. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's what I thought initially, but it doesn't seem like like that that's going to be necessary. But yeah, Max Wright is playing in in Newcastle and, and actually scored the quickest try in in European rugby history at the weekend <laughs> in their game against Worcester. Yeah, straight literally caught the kickoff um, into the corner. So um, yeah, a bit of a strange one with him. Obviously, Max Clark. I think you mentioned Tom, but yeah, there's lots of bodies in there um, and a lot lots of kind of young young lads as well and, and Jordan Benter certainly comes under that category but I still think he's probably the more exciting of the two signings I think um, Pretty looks to clear, clearly just be a short term um, short term cover and he obviously featured on the on the bench on on Saturday against Leinster which yeah. which kind of shows just how just how undermanned we are with him and Gabe Hamer Webb both both on the bench Um kind of shows the extent to, to some of the absentees that we've got. Yeah. Cool. Tom, thank you very much for, for joining me as always. Thank you very much for listening. A bit more of a, a bite-sized podcast this week with with um, some inevitability about the, the weekend's results. But you never know on Saturday. As I say, if you are going, stay safe, enjoy the game. Um, hopefully everything goes okay and it all goes ahead. As we've alluded to a few times, our trip to La Rochelle, we're still planning on going. Hopefully you are too. So do get in touch with us with your plans and get in touch with us at Bath Rugby Plug with whatever your thoughts. Tom, a quick, thick to scale reading. Sorry to put you on the spot from, from Dublin before we leave. I think it's, it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a three, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take it up one from from the two last week at the gardens. Ultimately we it, it it could have been worse on the scoreline. Um, no more injuries to speak of as well, which is which is which is always a positive as well to get to get through that unscathed. Um, but still, very very difficult, and the same issues that 
that we've identified. And, you know, I, I was saying to you before, G, I'm, I think maybe I'm in common with a few of the bar fans and, and yourself. I'm, I'm getting a little bit desperate now for the club to respond in some way. You know, it, it's so clear what, what the issues are, whether we see new coaching come in, whether we see more wholesale changes at the end of the season. I don't know, but it can't continue like this. As you said earlier, it feels like it's spiralling downwards a little bit and it feels like this setup as it is isn't going to get us out of of this this rut we need fresh energy and 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 fresh blood into the into into the coaching setup so it's it's tough times and i think it, it will continue to be so for the foreseeable future some winnable games in the form of gloucester london irish and worcester to follow in the next in the next month or so so you've got to hope that we'll we'll, we'll get on the board in in one of those weeks but yeah, it's 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 tough tough times continue. Mm, well said, Tom. But whatever happens with the boys, like us, stick behind them through thick and thin.